Good evening, lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Coffee, Candy, and Creatives, this Sunday cinema show. My creative tonight is writer-director Frank Martinez. Frank is here tonight to talk about his latest project, A Dreaming Hollywood. The short synopsis is, a deranged ex-con seeks revenge when he discovers that his screenplay has been stolen. But I'm going to take it a step further. This film is about Ray, and Ray is doing everything he can to better his life, and he thinks, misguidedly, and perhaps a bit delusional, but he thinks that selling his screenplay is the way to make all of his problems disappear. And you know what? I think that's something we can all relate to. We all feel that there's just one thing, one thing that's holding us back from having the amazing future that we envision. Well, Ray, I think you might find out the hard way that that is not how it works. This episode is brought to you by Be Unique Brevard, the Space Coast premier magazine. Go to beunique.org and claim your free copy today. This episode is also brought to you by ThoroughClean. ThoroughClean has been cleaning carpet, tile, furniture, and providing sanitizing services for more than 30 years. They serve the Central Florida area and are just a quick phone call away. 321-729-8198. Now, grab a cup of coffee, dust off that old screenplay that's been sitting on your desk for years, cuddle up with your host pup and enjoy the show guys i am here with writer director frank martinez we're going to be talking about a dreaming hollywood we'll watch now yes it's uh, available now it's streaming and it's on demand it's an intense film i don't mm-hmm. classify it as a comedy it's definitely it's dark it's intense and there's a lot going on there's a lot to unpack with this film but at the at the root of it is that classic story if you strip everything away and this is me just spitballing here if you strip everything mm-hmm. away you have a story of someone chasing their dream everything in the world is trying to prevent him from doing that but he doesn't give up he's a would-be screenwriter he's got this script and i you can stop me if i start to spoil he's got this script and he thinks it's the best thing it's the best thing since sliced bread no one's ever written anything like it it's gonna revolutionize the world of cinema and he believes in it and that's what i think is important to understand about ray because the things that happen and the things that he does are all because he believes so fiercely in that now overthinking it or is that where we're at oh no no yeah that's 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 very on yeah that's definitely it yeah absolutely he uh you know he's a simple guy and and you know in l and there's a part of him that believes that maybe writing a screenplay isn't such a difficult thing after all. And so he decides to go for it, you know, and, and he has all these inflated numbers in his head. He thinks that people will give him millions of dollars, which of course it doesn't work that way, maybe for mm-hmm. some, but, but not to him. And um, yeah, he, he basically underestimated uh, what exactly is needed in order to make a successful movie. And, uh, and sure enough, but then somebody steals it anyway. Yeah. So there, there's a spoiler. There, there's a spoiler you can give away. Yeah. We can give that part away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's something I want to dive into as well. But you're right. Um, as a screenwriter, you do need to be realistic because you're going to be. There's thousands of you. There's thousands of you in one town trying to get some, your, you know, your project made. You'll be mm-hmm. lucky to get option, must much less bought, much less a substantial amount of money starting out like that you know yeah, count yeah. blessings 
what I love about the film, and you said it so we can talk about it, is it gets stolen. Ray's script gets stolen. And it gets stolen for the stupidest nefarious reason. But I think that's an actual fear for a writer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been covered in films. It was horrifically spoken about in uh, Secret Window, Secret Garden. <laughs> but I never saw that. I, I've heard about that. Yeah, I've never. Oh, I'm gonna. I need. I need to check that out because you're not the first person to tell me about that. That's awesome. And there's a little twisteroo. I think you'll like about it. And the player, <laughs> if you remember the player, it that kind of like that. And the producers. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. The producers, yeah. Exactly. They like to say that there's no new original stories, and I I beg to freaking differ because I think everybody's minds are different. There might be similarities if you use specific trope yes your story is going to be very similar to something that's already been seen mm -hmm. it happens and you can think you've got the most cool unique idea and it happened to me i tinkered with the writing like i want to say 10 years ago mm -hmm. i wrote this script i loved it i thought it was amazing i thought it was super unique mm -hmm. and, but i was in the theater for a different movie and there was a preview and i was like they took my stuff yeah exactly <laughs> was, that's how it happens I was incensed and I was like, these sons of bitches. But no, it wasn't. It was just a similar storyline. Yeah. But it actually does happen. What can you do? What can Ray do? Lose his mind, pretty much. Yeah, and it turns out it was literally stolen. Um, yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. Now, now, that being said, if someone comes up with an idea that ends up not being all that original, or if they believe it to not be original, they still need to make the movie. Because uh, cinema is about craft, you know what I'm saying? And, and there, there's all kinds of familiar stories that come out, all, all kinds of stories that come out now that are familiar to stuff that's happened in, in the past. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't make it. You should make it because, uh, again, you can put in your, your signature style into it, you know, uh, in the direction and the dialogue and, you know, have fun with it. Do it. Often see a good way. But then there's also the year that, like, I'm just going to, give a big example like a hercules movie comes out right mm -hmm. and this lower budget film you know son of zeus mm -hmm. not quite the same or you know gladiator came out and it's like you know roman fighter but it's people are out there doing it and, and you're right it's for the craft they're creating and they're making it huge budgets small budgets and it's just you got to get out and do it and but there are some times where you're like well this is a blatant ripoff Sure. Yeah, that might happen. If a, a lot of people will put things in as an homage, but yeah, they got to be careful because, you know, in whether fair or not fair, there will be people out in the public that will accuse it of 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 just blatantly stealing, e even though that's probably not fair all the time. But yeah, yeah, sometimes there's there's bad ways to handle homages. Yeah. I mean, well, much of it is an actual copy, and then you're like, it's like when you quote something when you're writing, and then you quote the entire thing and you're like oh well I just plagiarized but for Ray legitimately stolen from him and he has no he has no leg to stand on he has nothing to, to fall back on poor Ray and he's he's also got this other stuff he's got this romantic uh attraction to a girl that probably couldn't care less about him you know yeah yeah that was uh it's it's probably one of the few times that he ever experiences tenderness even if he's paying for it, you know, it still feels good. You know what I'm saying? It still makes him feel desirable. 
So if he wants to feel that all the time, he, then, then he goes through his bizarre rationale that once he gets his millions of dollars, he can afford to pay her every day for the rest of her life. I mean, that's literally what he's thinking in his head. And, you know, and then maybe he's thinking in his head that at some point she'll say, oh, I love you. I'll, you, don't have to, you don't have to pay me anymore. Who knows what's going on in his head? But, you know, he wants as much of that for as long as he can get it. And that does open a door to, um, I don't know what they, the tech, technical psychological word is, but that thing where when you buy something or you get something new and you get that rush, that happiness that crashes instantly. But for Ray, it's like you said, buying the affection of this woman. And she's never going to be like, oh, you don't have to pay me anymore. <laughs> she didn't forget about that. Other little storylines going on. You've got the, um, the investigator who has his own business happening and he's trying to track down. And then you've got this guy and these people. And I have to stop and say, I absolutely love the name Jonathan. Like, I feel like I want to have another child just so I can name it Jonathan. <laughs> Such a doofy name. And I, I, it's perfect for the character. Like, Jonathan. Yeah. It's like, you know that he has, like, the long order at Starbucks, right? The way I came <laughs> up with that name uh, was, uh, you're, you're, you're likely not this old, to, but um, in, the 80, in, 84, in the 84 Olympics, there was a famous gymnast, Mary Lou Retton. Mm -hmm. And Mary Lou Retton was on Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson asked her if she had a boyfriend. And she says, I sure do. Hi, Jonathan. Now, it sounded to my ear that she said Jonathan. But I'm, it's more likely that she said Jonathan. But to my ear, it sounded like Jonathan. And then it was back then when I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's a really, that's a really ridiculous name. And then so now I brought it back. Mary Lou Retton for firing Frank. <laughs> she was very cool, yeah. <laughs> well, now you can, you can spin that to say that Mary Lou Retton is your muse. Right. Yes, she is, yeah. And <laughs> proud to say she was a she was pure joy, great gymnast, you know. I'm trying to think of a way to say this without it sounding creepy because it wasn't creepy, but my dad loved to watch gymnastics. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's not not creepy, I swear to God. But yeah, so I know those those older names like Mary Lou Retton and um Nadia Komnich and things like that. Well, that's going back a ways, yeah. Mm -hmm. Way back now. He's adorable. Well, well, like, speaking of like you you like, don't, don't worry about it sounding creepy because when you go back and watch Nadia Komonichi, I mean, you're watching perfection. Mm -hmm. You're watching something that even, even after Olga Korbut, that famous gymnast, the Russian, um, did, Nadia was just amazing to watch. So I, I, I recommend that everyone go on YouTube and watch her, man. She's incredible. Athleticism. Yeah. It's a mind blowing sport. You're going to hurl your body through the air. Mm -hmm. You're going to like, and trust that your hand's going to catch you, your feet are going to catch you, that bar is going to catch you. That balance beam, I, I am on edge watching those, those kids on those balance beams. I'm like, oh, no, 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 please don't hit your chin or whatever, you know. It's terrifying. And it's like this thin. Oh, I could never. My mom put me in tumbling and she was like, took me out probably after a couple of weeks because I just got injured too much. <laughs> but going back to poor Ray and going back to the film, I have an issue. What's with the macaroni song? Because it's stuck in my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, originally, we had put in Nancy Sinatra's Sugar Town, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great song. And I, put, I picked that song as temp music because basically the, the reason why I did that is, is it serves several purposes. It showed that uh, he, his mind was mush after, after he, he had just finished listening to death metal. Then he does a big snort. His mind goes to mush, and then we get a glimpse into his mind because he's thinking of Sugar Town or the Macaroni Song, and mm -hmm. then it serves as a great 
contrast to what comes after that once something happens without giving it away uh, when the death metal music comes back. So that's what served, that's how, that's the purpose that that served. Now, obviously we couldn't afford to use Sugar Town, so I had to write the macaroni song. Oh, so you wrote that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so cool. And I, this word is so overused, but it's so true. The juxtaposition of like a cutesy or I don't know, just like a peppy song with like a dark moment. For instance, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the first Insidious, but they were using like Tiptoe Through the Tulips, which is a creepy song anyways. But just like that use of upbeat, peppy music for dark moments in film, it just, it's so jarring that it adds such an impact to that moment. With, don't you think? with Tiny Tim, the original Tiny Tim singing that, right? In the Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll find examples like that done really well. Uh, one that I'm, I'm sure there's more that I'm just not thinking of, but one, one that comes to mind is when you watch Full Metal Jacket, uh, you're, you're watching this horrific uh, battle scene with guys getting shot all up and the song that's going on is the bird is the word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Kubrick, Kubrick did stuff like that. And so, you know, you know, you try and be, you, when you make a movie, you, you want to seem smart, like the best of the best. So, you know, that, that may have been uh, a factor in me deciding on doing the macaroni song. Available for download on iTunes today. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of little things. And you have all these like parallel or um, all these storylines that are going on at the same time that mesh up so well. And then, of course, and if this is a spoiler, I'll cut it. But between you and I, you used... The classic dressing up as a fake dog trope, okay? Mm -hmm. No, but that was so good because it's like people, people, dog. And you're like, oh, this is weird. This is trippy. Wait, are we back on the drug? No, no, this is real. And I just love that you you had those little, like the moment with, um, he, he's in the bathtub. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I forget the, the guy's name, the producer guy. He's in the bathtub and he just the way he talks. Oh, by the way, he has no name. He's just oh, called the man in the hills. That's why you don't know his name. In the oh the man in the, yeah. So yeah, he's in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. So the man in the hills is in the bathtub and Jonathan is there and just cut the whispering in the ear and agreed and just creepy, wow. but not out of the realm of possibility that that, that crap happens in Hollywood. You've got butt kissers, you've got, you know, knee benders, you've got people that are willing to say and do anything to get ahead or to, to succeed. And they're going about it the wrong way. Meanwhile, you've got Ray busting his ass trying to do it. He's not doing it the right way, but he's trying to do it the honest way, I guess. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know the right way. But meanwhile, he's also completely delusional about his expectations. Mm -hmm. And if that's not a reflection of us, I don't know what is. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, the, the, the man in the hills, uh, I kind of pictured him, my backstory with him was he was a trust fund baby who, you know, bought a beautiful house in the hills and he wanted to be like so many others. He wanted to start a production company and he wanted to finance and launder it with drug money. And, you know, he, he just wanted to do all these Hollywood things. And he had these, he has these two underlings, Jonathan and Charlotte, and, um, they're also sneaky and underhanded and they have plots of their own, you know? So um, yeah, everyone has a little, like you said, nefarious plot of their own on, on how they can take over or advance in the criminal underworld or in the ostensible, you know, the, the, the criminal 
ongoings in the industry itself, you know, so. And we all know that trust fund babies never want to use their own money for things. So, or you don't stay rich by spending your own money. Now, come on. That's right. I wish I had learned that lesson. You know, um, we, uh, my co-producer, Turk Matthews, who played Ray Balfi, he, he, mm -hmm. he paid for half of the movie along with me. And uh, oh. so we, the, the final budget was around 75K. And, wow. uh, and we, uh, yeah, we, we would just put our paychecks together every two weeks and say, hey, what scene can we shoot? And, you know, and so we paid for it ourselves. And um, we, we tried to crowd, we tried to crowdfund, you know, that way. But I don't know, he and I just had fun paying, paying for it ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's own everything, you know, so. Well, that's hard work. That's your money. I don't want to say it makes you more proud of your finished product, but I mean, blood, sweat and tears, you're fully invested. Cause you're like, bitch, we paid $5,000 to rent this equipment. We're doing this. We're, and it's going to be done spectacular. It's going to be the best thing you've ever seen because we paid, you know, I didn't eat groceries this week because we did this. So we're going to make the most of it because that's your money. Now, if you're a trust fund baby and you're using somebody else's money, you're like, eh, shoot it again, go again. And it's like, no, 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 no. Time is money. We only have this for three hours or we're going to have to pay another $3,000 or whatever it is. We're going to get it right this time. And I think it's a better way to do it. I mean, it sucks to have to do it, but it's also for a finished product. I feel when you've put your own money and your own energy and your own sanity into it, you get a better result. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot more energy get goes into it and uh, there's a lot more at stake and, you know, and it comes out through the movie or at least you hope for it too. And uh, there were times when we had all the, we came upon these obstacles, like we would show up to a location and the owner of the location would be like, oh, I forgot that was today. And uh, so a room wouldn't be available and we'd be panicking and I would be knocking on the doors of all the businesses around there. Hey, can we shoot something in your place? Hey, can we shoot something in your place? And they all said no. And then finally the original location guy said, I'll tell you what, how about you use this room? Can you do something with this room? And he showed me another room and it ended up, it ended up being better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were all these nice happy accidents as you call them, you know? So that was great. I like to think, I think I would be a really good, but really distracted like location scout because I love buildings and I love like architecture and things like that. But I like to imagine you're driving down a street and you're like that building. We need that for the exterior or you're in, you know, a bar and you're like, oh my God, this is perfect for something. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to make a mental note, you know, that we're going to come back and talk to these people. It just seems like a fun aspect of it. Probably yeah. stressful as well. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. My, my dream is probably to go into some small town and just look at their buildings and say, you know, what can I shoot here? You know, that, 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 that's like a great thing. And yeah, looking for locations was fun. If it's okay to give a shout out to a website called PeerSpace, that's where I found a lot of my locations. Where are you shooting? When are you shooting? What are you shooting? And then it gives you, so if you want a warehouse, it gives you all these very reasonable rates for these beautiful, these amazing warehouses with great looks. People rent out their bedrooms you know, their pool areas, their garages. It's really, really nice. We can shout out Pure Space, absolutely. You filmed in LA? Uh, mostly. Um, a lot of those exteriors were done in Palmdale. Okay. So, you know, when you drive through Palmdale, there's, there's these stretches of just vast nothing, you know. Still a very lovely town, but, you know, if, if you want to show, if you want to show desolation and loneliness, just do a wide shot of some dude walking down a field in, in Palmdale and you'll get the effect. So um, yeah, there's a scene, there's that montage where Ray is, let's say, walking and meandering throughout 
you know, the world, you know, depressed and we took advantage of a lot of those nice exteriors, railroad tracks, overpasses, bridges, you know. All those things signify, yeah, like you said, loneliness or aloneness even, just mm-hmm. like, hmm. since you and, and Turk financed it, did it, did it take a while to, to do that? Did it take a while to, yeah, production took about two and a half years. And, and you know, it's really, really weird because when we look back, if, if we had been more organized and smarter at the beginning, because we were really green at the beginning, you know, we were literally like, we were literally like two kids that said, hey, let's make a movie, you know, and, and we'll put 40 characters in it. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. And um, so what I'm getting at is had we known then what we know now, we could have made that movie for even less money and way less production days, you know. Well, mistakes cost money, but they're also learning experiences. Yes. Yeah. As my aunt likes to say, hindsight is 50-50. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, you know, I look forward to, you know, like I said, the journey is a lot of fun. Uh, whoever wants to make a movie, just just do it. It really, really is. The, the work is the fun part. And I'm looking forward to doing it again. And I'm going to, ch- and the challenge is going to be different next time. I'm going to now say, okay, I'm going to try and maybe create a chamber piece minimal locations or maybe just one location five characters uh you know and have it have have the script only be 80 pages and you know i'm going to challenge myself that way so that's the current goal that's what's up next oh yeah i got i gotta prove it to myself that i can do it so you and turk you're gonna be the uh johnny depp and tim burton hopefully hopefully yeah that'd be great (laughs) well that's the I mean, you guys started out as friends. Are you are you still friends after two and a half years and all this? Yes, we are. He is a great guy. He is very committed. Uh, I was, you know, I'm sure that I I irritated him at many times and, you know, uh, but he was he stuck with it. This all started because of him. This was originally a short and Mm -hmm. I I, I called him up and I said, hey, would you mind like just uh, sitting in for this character I'm going to shoot a scene with uh, you know like my, my DVX 100 camera that I had back then and I just want to see if this scene works with the dialogue that I wrote he did it and we looked back at it and said wow this is this has like a, a nice rhythm to it a good good quirkiness you know why don't we extend it and so then he kept talking me into stretching it out to a feature mm-hmm. and uh, that's how that happened so then I stretched the script to 40 pages then 60 pages and then I went to 120 pages, which is probably too much, but, but yeah, we got it to 120 pages. Remember what I was going to say, you said it uh, two and a half years ago, you were just a, a couple of friends, a couple of guys, you know, green making a film. Well, you know what, that worked out pretty good for Ramey and Campbell and Becker, you know, those yeah. three guys there, was it eight millimeter, right, I want to say, mm-hmm. and just supported each other doing stupid crap in the woods and then things like that and look at them now yeah it's something else yeah it's good it's good to be young <laughs> i miss being young but yeah well uh and into that uh i'm 55 right now and i i've just made a a, a decision to just i don't i don't know how many li- how many more years i have left on this earth but i'm making the commitment to just make a film constantly making films constantly yeah because that's what I owe to myself. You know, what could I say? My remaining years have to be lots of fun and I gotta live, you know? Right. But do you have minor panic attacks at how, because to me, like 30 years doesn't seem like a lot. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like, because it seems like it flew by really fast. So I have minor anxiety attacks or panic attacks about, I feel like how little time I have left. Maybe that's a pessimistic outlook on it. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just gotta ground yourself philosophically, not to say that I'm perfect, but um, I think the first time I ever thought about death was when I was 40, okay? I woke up one day on my 40th birthday and I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about death for the first time, thinking about my mortality. Then when I turned 50, I didn't have that thought. Hmm. And then um, I, I think that moment when you become really wise and, and you let things roll off your back, that's when you start to get really, really happy. And then you start to tell yourself, hey, you know, I, let me make sure that I keep my body physically healthy. Let me not eat crap. Your body sends you signals telling you, hey, don't eat like that anymore. I'm not going to let you get away with it anymore. And, you know, listen to your body and your mind will follow and keep writing and, you know, fail if you have to, you know, just have fun. Right. I was telling a friend uh, yesterday, I said, this is a young person's game, what I'm doing. I said, this is a game and I can't get younger, but I can feel younger. I look younger, but I can, I can feel younger. Right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And you can. I think you're right. I think creating and keeping your mind active is going to help settle that anxiety probably or the panic attacks and and those uh, and first of all no I, I don't have panic attacks fortunately uh i can certainly panic yes i'm the one panicking guys he's fine but yeah the right dreaming hollywood is available to watch on demand and streaming now basically everywhere yes yes uh, i shall give you the list right now it's, it's not that long of a list uh so you can see it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Xbox, Voodoo, uh, V-U-D-U. Uh, for cable and satellite, uh, in demand, Verizon, Ubiquity or Vubiquity, and Dish. Oh, okay. And it's on Amazon Prime. I forgot about that. It's on Amazon Prime, too. No, but that's cool. It's on cable as well. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. It has been so fun talking to you. I swear. I've been looking forward to this. I'm sorry we had to cancel last week, but that was something. I don't know if Jeff told you, but that was something I didn't want to have to deal with, and I did it anyways. But Oh, no problem. Uh, may, may, I, may I clarify something about the, the subject matter and the logline real quick about the movie? The, 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 there's a lot of talk about it being a revenge flick, but it's really more, it's not a pure... Uh, revenge flick it's not a pure blood fest it's about a community of people that are that failed with their hollywood dreams they resort to being criminals and the whole movie centers around ray balfi and two other uh, main characters and and i think that that'll help clarify things you know for yeah. people before yeah. a revenge feeling of it at all i i saw it more as a he's just out here trying to succeed and he's failing miserably well the trailer the trailer that was cut the trailer that was the trailer that i cut i don't know you know some people might say hey it's about a guy that goes and you know murders people so it's, it's a slasher movie you know i don't know maybe some people are thinking that yeah just one it's more of a community study we are clearing that up right now because that is not what it is about it is so much more than that it's an onion and layers and it's a good time it really is oh and i didn't even i don't know if this is a spoiler or not but when you had when you had the person with the white face paint and the black, who? <laughs> well, that's that's the. Uh, well, if you'll if you'll notice, uh, something that I'm kind of proud of with the movies that there's all these little things that you can catch if you watch it multiple times. It's kind of like mm -hmm. when you watch a Coen Brothers movie or Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I love catching little things mm -hmm. here and there. But if you notice the cartoon that he watches. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see him watching that cartoon at the beginning and you'll see him watching it as a child during a flashback scene. There is a child 
or there's like a kid kind of character that's wearing like like a bat boy suit or something like that so that there's your so if, if you happen to if you happen to fast forward to those two sections you'll oh. that'll clear up that'll clear up but yeah no that was creepy though it was like donnie darko rabbit moment for me i was just like who Ooh, I don't like this. I don't like it at all. I love like, Donnie Darko. I love that. I know exactly the scenes in Donnie Darko that you're talking about. That's that's great. That's great. Creepy. Can't take it. Mm. All right. Well, Frank, it's been amazing talking to you. I'm so excited to see what you come up with next. Pop, I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to see it. Of and, course. Uh, I, I'm glad you were open to the experience. I'm glad that you got something out of it. And, and thank you for talking to me. Oh, Wonderful. absolutely. I mean, I really, really did. That is that's right up my alley and the type of films and, and the type of things I like to immerse myself in. Forget about romance. I don't, comedies are okay. Give me the gritty, dirty stuff. I love, love horror. I love horror too. By the way, if you like your effed up movies that have kind of like horror elements, I keep telling all the podcasters this. Have you seen the French movie Titane? It's spelled, it's spelled like Titan, but with an E at the end, Titane. No. There's a French movie called Titane. Feel free to watch it and then email me back or whatever, or text me. Tell me what you thought. I'm telling everybody about this movie. All right. Female director too, you know, Ooh. wonderful, wonderful movie. Awesome. All right. T-I-T-A-N-E. I'm going to watch it. Should I like leave the lights on? <laughs> it, it, it won't scare you. It's just creepy. It, it's, it's just creepy. And it's just one WTF moment after another. And if there's a technique to it. I'll gladly talk to you about it one day. There's a technique to, technique to it where you're going to be like, wow, how did she get away with that? I, and I don't want to give anything away. It has to do with the story structure. How did she get away with doing that and still entertaining the audience? You know? Yeah, awesome. I'm going to look it up. I will watch it. Thank you so much, Frank. Have a wonderful night. You have a great weekend. Yes. And I'll Absolutely. talk. Thanks again. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this creative conversation. Be sure to follow me on social media. I am Pup Duffy basically everywhere. You can follow the show on Facebook. It's Coffee, Candy, and Creatives. Head over to beunique.org. Like, follow, and support my beautiful humans over there. Be sure to check out my sponsor. And for your own sponsorship or interview opportunities, please email me at pup4ccc at gmail.com. If you like the music you're hearing, head on over to raleighkeegan.com and do yourself a favor and buy this album. You can download it or you can have a physical CD. You can also keep up to date on tour dates and future releases. As always, take care of each other, love each other, watch each other's back, and I'll see you next time.